0: Hey this is Steve Campbell from the C3 Church Thank you for joining us for this podcast Our prayer for you is that you'll be blessed, equipped and enabled As you listen to this message God bless you
1: Hello Colchester, hello Barry St Edmonds And of course hello to our online community Rebecca, say hi Good to see you it is so good to have everybody with us this morning. We're going to take some time now to hear from Steve and Angie. We have some questions for them. We've got we've been asking for questions all week, um, and in the room we're going to give you an opportunity, and online, um, if you're watching with us live, to ask questions now. So you might not have had a moment, so please feel free. We're going to give you a minute to um, to head to Instagram or Facebook Messenger and send us a question. Anything you would like to know from Steve and Angie. Be kind. I mean, I'm really nosy, so you go for it and I'll see what I can do. (laughs) Um, And what we're going to do is we're going to talk about the last 28 years of leadership here. We're going to talk about the legacy of the church. We're going to talk about embarrassing moments. We're going to talk about funny moments. We're going to talk about heartfelt moments. We're going to talk about Greg's orders because I have heard from my audience and I understand the importance of various things. Um, But we want to hear from what you want to know. So I'm going to give you a minute, genuinely. To, um, to go to the C3 Church on Instagram or on Facebook and send us those messages. And through technology, I will then receive them all and we will move on. Does that sound good? So um, maybe we could play some like casual, non-awkward music for a minute while you all ask questions. Go for it. That's your cue, Luke. Yeah, or that. You could make the, the worship team are going to provide the music if we don't. So... <laughs>
0: Come on, need to see more of you on those. If you don't know how to DM or do, find someone who looks about 12 and they'll know. (laughs) All right, and just ask them. Can you send this question in for me Uh, and we'll answer. Sarah just said, anything you don't want to answer, any subjects, and I just said no. I don't know whether I mean that, but um, we don't know what the questions are, so. (laughs) Come on, send them in.
2: feeling a bit nervous. Nervous. Yeah. When you do a preach, you know what you're going to
0: say, don't you? You do. You plan it. I led worship yesterday. That was the most nerve-wracking event Woo! in my life for the last 20 years. I haven't been doing it for 20 years. I've got sore fingers.
2: <laughs> He's been nervous all week. Something like saying, oh, I'm so nervous. <laughs> but he did oh. great. He did great. Do Watch it again. Out. Watch out. Or just wait
0: a few wait. minutes. You never know what's going to happen.
1: Spoiler. <laughs> um... Alrighty, you can keep your questions coming, and the team, are going to get them to me via Slack, um, and um, we're going to do this in a really smooth and transitioning way, okay? Everybody ready? Okay, so genuinely, though, Greg's orders. If you're going to Greg's, what, what are you going to order? What's Greg's? <laughs> okay. I,
0: I know where that question was from, because <laughs> there's a Greg fanatic in the congregation. Um, <laughs>
2: I Correct. didn't ask it. Sausage it's roll. Sausage roll. There you go. Vegetarian sausage roll. Vegetarian Not that sausage roll. I'm a vegetarian, roll.
1: but it feels a bit healthier. Okay. Happy? Can we move on? Great. <laughs> okay, so um, let's just get into the thick of it. Um, how have you kept yourselves and your leadership team accountable over the last 20 odd years?
0: We're gonna do this all the way through now. We're gonna look at each other and
2: say, do you
1: wanna go first?
2: Do you wanna go first? Accountable, that's a, that's a big word, that, isn't it? Yeah. Um, I think we've kept ourselves accountable personally as in our leadership with the relationships that we've got across the country. Mm-hmm. So we have key people that speak into our lives that we're very open with, that are they're very open with us. Um, they lead other churches or they've been involved in leadership for many years. So I think that accountability is really strong and I think that then um, comes down into our leadership team because we're keeping ourselves accountable. We keep each other accountable and we see the value of it and so we 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 hold our team to account as well. So we do have open and honest conversations. We do have lots of one-to-ones. Um, we will bring people up if we see things that aren't um, good ways of, of treating each other or good ways of um, serving each other. I spoke to a lady recently. We went away to a thing called High Lee, which is a conference center, and I spoke to a lady there from Christian Aid, and she was the chair of trust for Christian Aid, and I said, how do you keep the vision and values across Christian Aid? They've got like 800 staff or something in the, um, across the organization. And she was saying, first, it's policy. That's what's written in, and how we treat one another is written kind of legally, you know, formally. But also it is then the culture that you're bringing into the organisation. And that's what we keep on working at our culture here at C3 with our staff, with our team. We have C3 Circle every Tuesday, and that's where we want to keep on culture. That's happening.
0: I think as well, accountability which is a word that's used particularly in the last few years because of a load of stuff that's happened out in the church. Um, True accountability comes from proximity. If you will let people in and close to your life, that's where true accountability lies. Because you can hide, and we've tried not to hide. In our 28 years here, we've tried not to hide. We've tried to be accessible to people. Uh, We do need boundaries, everyone needs boundaries, or or you'll kill yourself in the process of leadership. But I think we've always sought to be honest, open, look into our lives, we've got nothing to hide. Um, And I, I get more and more concerned about leaders and leadership teams that become enclaves on their own that don't let anybody else into. So ultimately as well, we must remember we're accountable to God. I read an article yesterday about pastors um, before I came out in the morning, and it said, "Remind yourself every time you get up to preach, it's just not about you." and that's a really good thing to do because those who start to think it's about them start to think they're above levels of accountability that others have because they're they're the king um, you know so I think it Proximity is one word I would I say we try to do. Keep proximity.
1: Yeah. Proximity ensures accountability. I like that a lot. Um, okay, so in terms of your leadership, you've been here for 28 years now. Um, that's a good chunk of time. Um, and you will have had various ups and downs through that season. How have you managed to cope with the pressure of leadership? And have you ever got to a point maybe where you've thought, I don't know if I'm into this anymore. And then what's yeah. moved that for you?
0: I suppose I should go first this time because we did you went first last time. <laughs> Take turns, is that okay? <laughs> um, just keeping myself accountable. <laughs> uh, have we kept fresh and have we and have we ever felt like giving up?
1: Yeah. I felt
0: like I have felt like giving up more Monday mornings you can ever imagine. Um I have felt like giving up many times. Uh, Angie is more consistent than me in her emotional makeup. Uh, I am more emotional, and I know that, so I have to watch my emotions and, and guard them. Uh, how have I coped? reality is I haven't always coped. <laughs> uh, you've thought of coping, but behind the scenes, I haven't always coped. Um, and there was one time, particularly, uh, and this was in lockdown, but I just turned to Angie and said, that's it. I am done. I'm done. And she didn't believe me. uh, And therefore brought things back into a kind of state. But I will will say this. For us in our life to stay the long haul, um, we've always had Mondays off. Mondays has been really important. And I remember when we came here, especially you people that don't have Mondays off, people say, oh, you get Mondays off. We don't. You know, and and the pressure to say, oh, I should work on Monday as well. If I'd have done that, and we've worked Mondays when we had to, it'd have killed us. And and I mean, literally, if we'd have just done seven days a week. uh, So Monday, we got very religious about we're having Monday off. That gave us a richer marriage, it gave us time with our family, and that was really, really important to us. So that kind of space. And then our home being that place of rest we we were, we had some the trustees around a few weeks ago and I think we were telling this story or somewhere i've told it we built an extension on the back of our house this is very practical but we built that extension this was in 2002 we built that extension on the back of our house so that when we had people around because we had people in and out all the time we could go in there and have those tough conversations and you know, people would walk out, and the children could have a space that was their space, the lounge, that didn't bring work into the home in that way, because, honestly, work and home, and the place of, of how that, where that crosses over in our kind of role, is, is, is a fine line. So, we built that, and it's been, it, it did what we intended. So, we have, you know, meetings in the back room, while the family were in the, the front room. And that was very practical to just try and keep that demarcation. What we've never been good at, and this is true with our family, everyone says, it must be lovely having your family working on staff. It's lovely and it's a pain in the neck sometimes. So I'm going to be as re- I decide to just be as honest with you as I-, I can today? Because we probably, as they've been growing up, and then as they came onto staff, held them to a higher level of account than we did to the rest of the staff. We would criticize them more than we would the others and wouldn't let them get away with things more than the others because they were our family. Um, But we talk about church in all kinds of contexts and it crosses over. So we have to watch that very carefully and sometimes there's an awkward silence because we all want to talk about church because that's our world, but we're not, we're keeping quiet. Uh, Having grandchildren... Been the, one of the best things ever to keep you distracted. That's not the only reason to have grandchildren, but you know, <laughs> playing Lego and building a fire station just keeps your mind on different things. You know, and it really helps. Do, uh, we're not available for hire, by the way. <laughs> Anything else?
2: Yeah, I was gonna say I think holidays have been really important for us over the time as well as family, so that we've got away and actually, da- you know, we had downtime. Um, important to have downtime. I think um, also, you know, you've preached on it many times, the call that we felt over our lives. So we've felt this call and known this call that God's called us to it. And so when things have been tough, um, I've tried to, in fact, it was a book that I read over lockdown, To see that god's now stretching you and there's something new that he's got for you which is in the next season so when we were going through really difficult times and it was particularly tough losing steve's mum and then losing tim creamer here in the congregation was a, a particular that was in one month that was so hard to be grieving for a family loss as well as grieving for a church loss and leading the church through that season um, this is the challenge is that you have your own personal challenges but also you know you're, you're walking it when everybody's watching you and thinking how are you going to react and how are you going to respond in this because they you guys take a lead from us which is that's our role um, but that's the double pressure um, and and during that season, I read a book by Sam Chand, and it's saying, you know, God is stretching me right now, and there's a purpose in it. Mm. And that's what kept me thinking, okay, there's purpose in this, I'm hating it, it's horrible, I don't want to go through it, but God's going to build something in us through it. And he says that he's going to build character through our perseverance. So, that's the thing that tried, I've tried to keep thinking about.
0: I think one other thing to add, because obviously, I know time's going to go, this is going to go really quickly, but um, in our role as, as church leaders and there's a spiritual element to that, keeping our root in God that isn't just for the church has been really important. Yeah. So I can go into my study office and, you know, think I've got to prepare another message. And it might not just be here, it might be somewhere else. But I don't want to go in there every time thinking, oh, and this is to prepare a message. I want to go in there to meet with God myself and not just be reading a book or reading the Bible in order to get another message. Um, So keeping that root. For me as well, corporate worship, being with the people of God restores my soul. Mm. And your soul gets depleted, and you need to find those things that restore your own soul. So one way we've kept fresh is being in the Word of God for yourself, praying with yourself, praying with your family, going fishing honestly, fishing is something that restores my soul. Uh, you've heard me say it many times. People say to me, so when you're fishing, do you talk to God? No, well, maybe. I would say, well, well, mostly I talk to the fish. Like, Where are you? What, what are you eating? How can I catch you? Come on, get on my hook. My, my prayer to God might be, Lord, I want to catch a fish, but that's about it because I'm thinking about something else to rest my mind. And I haven't done that well in other areas, but... Um, I try to do it then when i'm when I'm fishing, and it, it's about the restoration of the soul
1: wow i'm um, yeah, I'm really encouraged by what you've shared so far i as these questions have been coming in, i'm going to try and categorize them a bit so that we can sort of move in a orderly flow um so a couple more questions in terms of your leadership over the last couple of years, and then we'll move to some more. Churchy questions as well that we've got coming in um, Angie, yeah. breathe conference is something that you have built over the last years how How did that start for you, and how have you seen the growth of that and then how have you maintained passion for that
2: yeah um it's grown it's I think it's nineteen years this year coming up, so it's you know it's a long time it's been happening um I've never particularly been into women's conferences. I've never particularly been into kind of a single groups meeting together. And then I went to one and I thought, if we could do a women's conference like this, which was really dynamic and was really encouraging for women, and it was like building in them a resilience and a passion for God and an impact in the world, then I reckon that could be pretty powerful, then that would be worth doing. And so I started doing it, um, and it's quite interesting. The first year we did it, I did it with another lady who then, uh, after that conference, left the church. And one of the trustees, I remember the time, asked me whether I'd take it on, take the conference forward. And they said to me, if you could, would you take it forward and take it on? And inside me, I was like, what do you mean if I can? I'll show you. Of course I can. I mean, like, how can you doubt that I could do this? And this was my motivation for the first few years. Like, I can prove to the world that I can do this. And then until Jesus, you know, started kind of challenging me and thinking, actually, can you do it for me rather than doing it to try and prove to everybody around you that you can do it. And then when I got to that stage, I thought, actually, you know what? God's in this and God is doing something really amazing. Um, I've seen women really grow in their passion for God, in their leadership. I've seen people just come on the platform who've never spoken before or give a testimony And I've often said to women, you know, when they're going through difficult stuff, one day you're going to be a testimony, and we're going to show that at conference, because then it gave them hope, and it gave them a future, like God is going to bring you through something. And I've seen it grow from a gathering that we kind of wanted to encourage and support to something that was really about leadership and women taking their roles, taking their um, opportunities um, responsibly and seriously. And as God's changed me and grown me in my leadership, I've really wanted to get more and more women to grow their own leadership Um, so it's been brilliant I I love it it's hard work it takes a lot of effort um, to bring it all together but I love the fact the guys really love it as well all the guys are often at the back you know or sneaking in because they want to be part of it Um, which I love I really love it's very creative Uh, Josh was 13 when we first started to talk I used to say to him can we look at some songs for Breathe and we used to kind of look at it together and um so yeah he's as passionate about it as I am I think because he's just been in the long haul
1: so yeah yeah, I love it I mean we it's very difficult to be on staff or on team and not buying to Breathe we're all really passionate about it and I think having seen um I mean, with Breathe Girls and people kind of working their way through it and getting more involved every year because they catch the passion behind it. So we really enjoy coming on that journey with you. Um, Pastor Steve, uh, somebody has sent in a message and said, you have a lot of books on your bookshelf. I do. Um, And can you give any specific recommendations to people who may be struggling with grief?
0: Oh, wow. Wow, I I do have a lot of books, um, and I have got some books on grief, actually, but I'm going to recommend, and I think she's in the room today, Ruth McCallum. Where's Ruth McCallum? Mm -hmm. There she is, right at the back. Shout out, what's the name of your book? Change and Loss. Loss. Um, Ange, particularly, has a number of Ruth's books, which we give to people when they um, suffer loss.
2: I gave one to my neighbor just a few weeks
0: back who lives in our little courtyard. Yeah, so that's in the house and someone here, so change and loss. Uh, I'm trying to think of any of the other books that I've got on my shelf. And someone, I'll change the question slightly. People say, if you've read all the books you've got, I've read some of all the books I've got. (laughs) Um, And some of those might just be the title page. (laughs) 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 <laughs> <laughs> but i've read it um but I, i've I read most of them. some of them are reference books anyway i can't honestly off the cuff i can't remember any other than change and loss there's
2: that, one by uh, tony horsefield that we got recently what's it called though house,
0: tony horsefield has written one um who we follow but <laughs> i can't remember what it's called um i, I gave some away recently to a, a pastor friend as well uh who lost his wife and um There was one by a guy called Rohr, R-O-H-R, but I can't remember the title of it. Um, And I gave that to him, and I know that was really, really helpful. So, I'm sorry I can't do any better. But I will find, I'll go back and find the ones that I've got, and we'll put it out somewhere with some of the
1: I am a, a book person myself. I think we probably need to start a social media thing of Pastor Steve Recommends. And just, Phil, can you get on that? Can we? Thank you. <laughs> I've got
2: some recommendations too.
1: Oh, Angie, I, I don't doubt it. <laughs> Do you have a book recommendation that you particularly enjoy? Have either of you got a book that you go back to? Yeah. Leadership, life, whatever. Non-fiction though.
2: Non-fiction that I go back to. I love John Maxwell's stuff. Mm. So, um, Infutable Habits of a of a Leader. Yeah. Um, I look at that one. Um, I'm trying to think what I'm reading right now. I Actually, Sam Chand, I don't know whether you've heard, read of Sam Chand. I'm looking at a book now, Stress Within Success. Mm. So the stresses that come when you're successful. So that's really interesting. So I've got that next to my bed at the morning. I've been reading that.
0: I'll recommend to Sam Chand one while we're on it, because it really helped me in lockdowns, called Leadership Pain. Mm. And he basically says you can only lead to the level of the pain you're willing to wow. uh, accept. It's called Leadership Pain. Uh, but it, I'll tell you one book that changed my life when I was very young. And most of you, if if you ever read it, it's because it's hard to read. You won't like it. Um, so that's my challenge to you. It's called *The Puritan Hope*, mm. and it's a book I read when I was uh, 21, and it introduced me to the concept of the glory of the church like I'd never seen before. And this book isn't a modern-day book. I don't know when it was written. Uh, I'd be guessing, but maybe uh, late 19th century, early 20th century. But it opened my eyes and put a passion in me. And I do keep going back to that when I get fed up Mm. um, of the beauty, the glory, the purpose of the church in God's purposes. Um, So that's a book I would recommend. Go ahead and help
1: I'm going to ask two more questions. One um, from a member of our Colchester family and one from a member of our Berry family that was sent in earlier in the week. Um, so the one from Colchester is, what is one of the most funny moments that you can remember in a Sunday service?
2: A Sunday in service? a Sunday
1: service. One of those ones when you would look at each other and be like, Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That uh, happened
2: well.
0: We saw that question on Facebook, so we've kind of been talking about that, <laughs> but we never realized it was just in a Sunday service. Um, <laughs> I, I, this wasn't here, so it, but it was funny because you're gonna, I am gonna lead us in a few songs in a moment. Um, but I used to do that in different venues around the country, and I remember coming to a, 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 some events here in Letchworth, so I was still in the Wirral. And it was coming to here, lead here in Etchworth, and I was only staying one night, so I didn't pack much. Um, and I went into lead worship, and I bent down to pick up my guitar, and I got the biggest split in my pants that you wow. could ever imagine. It wasn't even a small; like just little tear. It just went all the way down the back, and you could you could see everything. Well, not everything, but you know what I mean. <laughs> um, and I had to lead worship with him pe- keeping directly in front of me, playing the guitar, make- making sure I didn't move. That was one of the most embarrassing moments <laughs> in my life. I do remember that one.
2: I'll do an embarrassing moment, but it wasn't on a Sunday service, fortunately. Um, one time I was in hospital, I had major surgery, and uh, one of the guys was on staff team with us there, a um, guy called Tom Kyle. And he came to visit me in hospital, which was really nice of him to you know a pastoral visit. I um, mean, it wasn't long after this operation. And we'd just been chatting, and this nurse comes over and starts giving me the download about how we how I wasn't to have sex too soon after this operation, and giving this all these kind of lace like, details and everything. And I'm lying there and begging, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh. And there's Tom sat next to me. he's going. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not
1: my husband. was <laughs> pretty
2: embarrassing.
1: Oh, I'm so glad I know that now. There you go. <laughs> um, all right, now they really are so oh, many-
0: I just remembered one thing that did happen on a Sunday, but not in a service. And any of you here ever remember a guy called Gerald Coates. Gerald Coates was a kind of superstar of the evangelical world. He died a few months ago. Um, but he came and spoke here on a Sunday. And then we went out for lunch. So this wasn't in a service, but he was famous. Everyone knew Gerald Coates across the country. And I'm sitting there, we're sitting there over lunch with him. And I could see these people on another table. This was at the Rupert Brook in Grantchester, looking over and nudging each other. And I thought, I know, they know Gerald. You know, they're all going, oh, like, there's some pointing. So eventually the lady came over and I thought, I know what she's going to say. She's going to say, are you Gerald Coates? And she looked at us and she said, are you Steve Campbell? <laughs> and I said, yeah. And she said, well, we've got a photo of you on our wall at home. And my son's just coming to university. And I'm friends with uh, my, my, your wife's sister. And we, we told him to get in touch with you when he comes to Cambridge. <laughs> and Gerald Coase looked very shocked. <laughs>
1: Oh, well, to close off, this is from one of our C3 family in um, Barrie, and it's a good one. There are lots of questions. We have two more services today, and I will be asking different ones. Um, sorry. But, um, <laughs> um, but this one is a great one. It says, um, what do you hope that people will know the C3 church for? It's a good question.
2: Definitely what we've done as an impact here into our city and beyond. Definitely that it's a heart for reaching the vulnerable, reaching the lost. Definitely as a church that has influence into society at large, but also um, at the corporate level as well, at the kind of civil level that governments and council will be aware that we've seen as a significant church. um, That's always a passion and a heart, but also a heart that People come in and lives are transformed and lives are changed. It's a place that people have a passion for God and they are really serious about their faith and they find healing and hope in this space. Um, Is definitely a reputation we want to have.
0: Absolutely, Amen. One of the if you read the church we say, and I'm sure you read it once a week every week. Um, it's, there's a little phrase in there that says about the church we see, and one line is about changing the perception of church. Mm. Church has a really bad rap in many different places. And church is you and me. Yeah. So what I want you know we use this straight line, and we mean it. People really matter. We want your lives, our lives the lives of anyone that come to anything we do with impact and all we do to be so radically transformed by an encounter with Jesus that when people meet us, they're glad they met us. We're chaplains to the mayor this year in Cambridge and today we've been invited to all kinds of services actually which we can't go to, because we're here Um, and in a few weeks time, I'm I'm doing a a service with um, the Queen's Chaplain if she's available. And we get into all kinds of different contexts now. We spoke at the city council a few months ago. And when someone comes back to me and says, and we spoke on trust, so I, I, it's not a church service, so I'm not there to make an appeal or be churchy. I just want to bring the truth that sets people free. When co- someone comes up to me and says, that really makes sense, and they don't even know it's all from the Bible. And they think I'm normal because, can I I just be honest? There's too many weird Christians around. There's too many weird Christians around that have given church a bad name. And I I think Christians, you've heard me say this, we should be the most normal people on the face of God's earth because we're made in the image and likeness of God and there's something different. If you've received the Spirit, you're normal. All right? You're normal so I want the perception of church to be changed because people really matter. And I want them to meet us so that they know they've met Jesus yeah. in meeting us because Jesus was the most normal person that ever lived. He was exactly how God intended humanity to be right in the beginning. That's great. He's the normal one and we can be like that.
1: Let's thank Pastor Stephen Angie for joining us this morning.